Welcome to another all-new episode of the Two Shots Podcast. Yes, we're making our triumphant return uh, with some familiar faces here. We're going to have the one and only Benjamin Bornstein, my brother from another mother here, joining us. And we're also going to have the one and only Noah Magaro-George. It's been quite some time, and everybody's had some changes, <laughs> including myself. I went ahead and, and left already a Project Spurs, so now I'm doing my own thing now with the Alamo City Podcast Network. And Ben's going to be joining me here for two shots. And Noah, you've made the jump too. Now you're you're doing something new here. You want to let us know what you got going on? Yeah, I run Air Alamo now, so I'm no longer with Pounding the Rock. Uh, my podcast has been down for like the last three months, probably four <laughs> months, because I've been trying to figure out uh, how to get the naming rights to the podcast. We got that figured out. Now it's just about the motivation to get the podcast started, find a new co-host. As you know, my old co-host, Damien, awesome guy, love him. He's got a job now at a news station. He can't be doing that with me anymore. So, yeah, a lot of changes, but really, I'm mostly excited to talk Spurs with you all. I think this is going to be really fun. Hey, maybe I'll throw my name in the hat to be your new co-host. <laughs> I, I offer myself as tribute. I, I'm, I'm no longer tied to Project Spurs no more. <laughs> so I'll just play with you, Noah. But either way, we're going to start getting into the uh, San Antonio Spurs discussion here. You know, I think all of us have been taking some much needed time off because the 82 game season is no joke, man. And I've been doing a lot of things and wearing a number of hats. So I had to kind of dial back what I was doing, but it's great to be back with you guys talking San Antonio Spurs basketball. And we have a lot to get into, man. One of those things is going to be right off the bat team USA getting knocked out of the FIBA <laughs> tournament by Germany. And everybody's like, Oh my God, the sky is falling. What's happening. And I'm like, the rest of the world's caught up, and it's been evident for quite some time. You know, when you're looking at what the NBA has as far as the plethora of players, they're, they're imports now. You have Giannis, you have the Joker, for example, Luka Donick, for example. They're international players, you know? So it's very evident that the NBA is a collection of the play best players in the world, and the best players of the in the world don't necessarily play for Team USA. You know, and when you're rolling some of your uh, players out there that are not the upper echelon, you know, athlete uh, of the NBA, and then you're making poor decisions as far as not playing some of your better players, things like this happen. So it's like, are we supposed to be surprised and shocked? Not really. You know, we kind of knew that this would happen. Uh, but let's get reactions. We'll start with you, Ben. Yeah, I mean, this was kind of inevitable. Uh, part of it is because of what you just said. You know, a lot of talent is coming from overseas. The game is catching up or has caught up. And frankly, the U.S., they didn't put out their best talent for the FIBA World Cup. They qualified for the Olympics. I think that was really just the goal because now they're going to have their all-star guys, their Jimmy Butlers, you know, their – there were Devin Booker's, who have Jason Tatum's, whoever, those guys are going to play in the Olympics. These, This was a nice little opportunity for these other guys to get extra playing time for them to get used to international competition. Maybe they use them again down the road. But for the most part, USA players have kind of gotten jaded in a lot of ways in that, you know, they say, we don't really have to play for the FIBA team will come around, ask us again the year before Olympics start, and we'll hop on. And they think they can get away with doing that. Oh, we'll have enough chemistry. We'll be fine. The makeup of the team will be fine. Um, so, you know, you kind of saw that happen with Germany. And, like, a lot of these other countries 
those are teams that play together for many, many years. Uh, Spain was that way for a long time. I mean, they still do that, but like they had the Gasol brothers, so they were very, very good. Um, but now you have Germany and they have the Wagner Wagner brothers who are becoming very good. Well, Franz Wagner is becoming very good, I'd say. Um, Dennis Schroeder has been an NBA professional for a long time. I mean, they have legitimate talent. Uh, Tice, who's played with the Celtics and has seen playoff games and has legitimate you know, big game experience that showed up. And I think USA, hopefully they learned a lesson and they said, we need to get these guys to commit early and we need them to commit for multiple summers. Yeah. Well said, Ben, you know, I mean, like, again, like, again, we're talking about, I mean, it's not a big shock that they're, that they lost in the FIBA tournament, but I think uh, a lot of the players here uh, in the NBA, especially your star players, they're not really interested in playing FIBA. You know, they run a, kind of just rest their bodies and get ready for the upcoming season and they want to stay healthy. I think that's a big thing here. They're looking for hefty paydays and if you're injured, that can go ahead and lower your stock a little bit. So they're just wanting to stay healthy. That way they can go ahead and make a career and earn as much money as possible. So at the end of the day, it's a business decision. Uh, what are your thoughts, Noah? Yeah, I mean, I think pretty much I'm going to echo what Ben's saying here. I think when you look at Team USA, I think obviously they had the most talent out of any of the countries there, but it's not really about talent anymore. Obviously, like Ben was talking about, like a lot of the countries, especially like the Germany's, the Spain's, the Slovenia's, all those countries, they're starting to catch up a little bit. But really the biggest thing is the team chemistry that Ben's talking about. I mean, if you don't have the cohesion, it's not going to matter. I mean, I think you look at teams like the Lakers when they said, hey, let's get, uh, you know, Steve Nash and Dwight Howard and Kobe Bryant. Well, there's only one ball. There's only one basketball. And if the, if guys are not willing to make sacrifices, play in different roles, they're not willing to be malleable out there, then you just got a bunch of dudes out there. Like you're, you're not really doing anything. So you can have all the talent in the world, but I think it's really important to have that chemistry. And I also think the personnel is really important. I don't know how many games everybody was watching at home because, look, these games, some of them were very early in the morning, but yeah. – they were terrible at rebounding the basketball. Like rebounding was a huge issue for them. The size was a huge issue. Lithuania gave them a ton of problems. I think they out-rebounded the U.S. by 23 rebounds in that loss that they had. So they just need to figure out personnel. They need to figure out chemistry. And like Ben was saying, they need to get guys to commit. Because if you don't have that team chemistry, if you don't have that cohesion, you don't have that personnel, you're probably going to lose to countries that have been playing together for decades or, you know, maybe not all of them decades, but for a long time, a lot of them a very long time. So I don't know that I could add anything else to that, but it was disappointing to see them lose, but wasn't that surprised when I saw the roster they put together. Yeah. I, wasn't, and I, wasn't I, love, I love that you said that no about the roster construction, because to me, it felt very bizarre. Yeah. You, you, you brought in Jaron Jackson Jr. and you threw in Walker Kessler as like, oh, he's a 7-2 guy. We can use him to rebound stuff. And then you didn't play him. Yeah. And the I, I watched the last game against Germany. Jaron Jackson Jr. didn't play for almost a full half. I, I didn't see him. I didn't see him for much of the second quarter. I don't know if he played at all in the third quarter. And I'm wondering, you know, you need to get rebounds. You need to protect the rim. Where are these guys? the U S wanted to play a lot of small ball and like Paolo Bancaro at a small ball five was not the worst thing, but no. that's no. really an NBA game and it works in the NBA. I'm not so sure it works as well in the international game. 
Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the FIBA basketball is not built to to play like that. And the last thing I'll say before I toss it back to Joe here is, man, Josh Hart, who's six foot five, he was your leading rebounder, and he didn't even lead you in minutes per game. Like, yeah, you got you got to figure that out. You got to figure something out because if you're gonna get out rebounded, out hustled on the boards, you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose in international yeah. basketball. FIBA is a different beast. It certainly is a different beast, man. And like you said, it it has to do with team chemistry, you know, and it takes time to build these these things up and. The problem is, too, is that you have some of these other international uh, teams, you know, and these players have played together for quite some time. So their chemistry is already there. It's already natural. And, you know, it, it's always that, that saying, you know, when you have a plethora of talent, doesn't always mean you're going to get guaranteed to win. You know, it also has, like you said, team chemistry and also coaching comes into play as well. So I just think there were a lot of missteps that happened with Team USA. Hopefully they can get those things rectified and sh have a better showing. What in another four years is when they're going to have the other F the FIBA tournament again. <laughs> well, they'll have the Olympics next summer, so we'll see yeah. what they do. We'll see yeah. what they do next right. summer. <laughs> exactly. So I'm just like, it, it's one of those things, you know. It's like yes, missteps, you know, miscues, things like that happen. But hopefully they can go ahead and right the ship and get on the right track. It'd be interesting to see what happens if. You know, Victor Wembayama at some time maybe in the future here plays for for Team France. You know, I know Spurs fans <laughs> will kind of be torn. Who do you re root for? You know, but I'd be like, I'd, I'd be rooting for Team France if Victor was was playing. You know, so we'll see what happens with that. But I'm going to share a funny video that I saw uh, earlier today. Well, not earlier today, but I think it was yesterday, uh, and it was it was hilarious to me because they were showing uh, Sohan being afraid of heights here with uh, his teammate Mamu, man. I'm like, Jeremy's not afraid of much, but he was afraid of heights when I think they were at the tower. <laughs> Yo, chill. I am both, I am both. I'm gonna chill. No, no, no. <laughs> no, chill. Chill, chill, bro. Chill. <laughs> He's so afraid of heights, man. He didn't even want to see get near the window or even look no. down. He's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Don't get me near that, the damn window. I'm like, that's hilarious, man. I would have never thought that Jeremy Soham would have been afraid of heights. That, that video had me laughing. And then he showed another video. I think it was a picture or something I saw earlier today. And he was with Mamu and he's like, I got him back or something like that. And they're just driving <laughs> around in his car, you know? So I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. Nice. Man. What did you think about that video? No, you know, Jeremy Sohan screaming and all that. I thought it was funny, but I I also kind of resonate with that. I have a huge fear of heights. Like I've been uh, at the very top of the, I think it's the Tower of Americas. I hate it. I won't go outside. I'll look from the inside, but I absolutely will not leave that door to go on that outside level. Not in a million oh, wow. years. You couldn't convince me to go out there. I won't look down. Uh, if I go across a bridge, I don't, I don't walk across a bridge. I run across a bridge. Like I I, I hate <laughs> heights so so much in a car on foot, on a bike, uh, I, 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 really, the only thing I'm okay with is planes, but I get it, I get it, I get why he was screaming, I get why he was scared, but it was funny, I did think it was funny to see him, like, six foot nine dude being, you know, screaming his, his lungs out uh, at the top of the Tower of America, <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah, don't get Noah a, a window seat if you're gonna fly with him, <laughs> he's gonna close the little, the little blind that they have, the little pull down, oh man, what'd you think, Ben, are you afraid of heights, man, like Jeremy? Not like that, no. Um, I get I get a little antsy, I'd say. I don't know if I'd scream, but I, I get a little antsy sometimes <laughs> if I'm like really high up and there's 
you know, there's not a whole lot of protection. Like um, I think Chicago has this building and it's like, it's all glass. There's a glass ledge and you can sit out oh, on it. Yeah. It's covered. You're not going to fall over, but like no. it's all glass. So you see below you like that stuff freaks me out. Mm -mm. Yeah, no, no, I'll be good, man. I know that they have stuff like that, even in Vegas. And I think there's a building in New York where you can kind of walk out on the ledge and you can kind of look down and people take pictures. I'm like, I'm not tempting fate, man. I'll, I'll, I'm good. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a fan of heights, but I'm not like definitely afraid of it either. I just don't really care for it. Uh, but yeah, man, Jeremy just had me in stitches, man. I'm like, <laughs> especially when they get him near the window. Ah, ah, ah. I was like, oh god, you're gonna make this poor dude have a freaking like panic attack, man. <laughs> Mom was just playing around, but Jeremy's like, no, I'm good, man. Don't get me near the ledge. <laughs> So that was funny, but um, we're going to move on here and talk about our next subject here. And that's going to be the Spurs releasing their promotional night schedule. I saw this the other day. Cause like I said, I'm a season ticket holder now. So the Spurs send us a whole bunch of spam and stuff like that. And like I was telling you guys, <laughs> sometimes in the middle of all this stuff that you're getting your notifications and telling you that your payment's going to be due and it's coming up and this and that. I'm like, yes, I know. That's why I have auto draft. I'm good. Um, but between all the spam, you get little things here and there that are little gems, you know, like telling us, Hey, the silver and black scrimmage that's coming up. If you're a season ticket holder, they're going to give you four tickets. So you don't have to put your name in the hat. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then I see this here in my, in my uh, inbox and it's the Spurs promotional night schedule. So they have a t-shirt given a giveaway on opening night, which I will be there on opening night. Because, again, nice. being a season ticket holder, that was part of the package, you know. You're going to get tickets for opening night. So they're going to have a T-shirt they're going to give away on opening <laughs> night, which is October the 25th. And I'm sure it's going to be sold on eBay immediately after <laughs> the game or during the game. But, you know, that's going to be October the 25th, opening night, T-shirt giveaway. Then on November the 12th, they're going to have Veterans Night. On November the 30th, it's Hispanic Heritage Night. On just say January the 12th, it's Pride Night. On January the 13th, it's MLK Night. January the 26th, Box Out Cancer Night. And January the 27th, it's Salute Night. Then they have like Black Heritage Night on February the, the 2nd. On March the 3rd, Military Appreciation Night. And of course, it's sponsored by USAA, of course. <laughs> uh, they, do a, they do a lot of great things for the community, man. So especially when it has to do with Anything uh, as far as the military, veterans, and all that, I love what they do out there. And on March the 15th, it's the I-35 series that they're labeling it now. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, the Golden, not Golden State, but it's the Denver Nuggets. So I'm like, okay, how is that an I-35 series? But whatever. And then you have March the 17th, and it says the I-35 series, and it's the Brooklyn Nets. So I'm like, bro, <laughs> like, really? Oh, and then they have... March the 22nd is Women's Night. And then April the 14th is Fan Appreciation Night, sponsored by Takis. Are you all going to be giving hey. out Takis? Hey, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Bring my Salco Limon and put that in there. You know? <laughs> I'm good, man. With the beer, paired with the beer. Hey, now we're talking. That's and the Michelob, the Michelob Ultra Nights, RS Follows, they have them happening on November the 10th, City Night. Of course, that's during the tourney. So they have several tourney nights here. Uh, they have November the 10th, November the 17th, November the 20th, and all the way. They're going from November the 10th all the way to 
uh, March the 31st. These are all city mm-hmm. nights uh, sponsored by Michelob Ultra. Two of those are going to be the tourney nights, the end season tourney now that they're going to label it as. And those are happening November the 10th, November the 17th. And the other city nights, November the 20th, uh, December 15th, December the 31st, which they always have a game on December the 31st, New Year's Eve. And that's an early tip, by the way. That one's at 6 p.m. against the Boston Celtics. Uh, on January the 24th is another city night. February the, the 3rd, March the 19th, March the 25th uh, against, uh, I believe, the Phoenix Suns. And then March the 31st against the um, Golden State Warriors. So that's the promotional nights that they have. Any of those dates kind of scream out at you guys and, you know, something that you want to be a part of. I know I'd like to be there for Hispanic Heritage Night, but what about you, Noah? Anything screams out at you? Honestly, I just really like the promotional nights for the free t-shirts. I'm not going to lie. They're usually like way too big for me. They're like an XL and I wear like a small, so they always fit me huge, but I'll still wear them. You know, like I'll wear them to sleep. I'll wear them to the gym. Yeah. Uh, I'll wear them to go play basketball and look ridiculous like a sorority girl with like a giant shirt and small shorts. Like, yeah, I, I love getting a free t-shirt, but I think all of their promotional nights are fun. They've got like special deals on beers and yeah. sodas and stuff, but I'm hoping to make it out to a game this year because, you know, I don't live in San Antonio anymore, so I'd love to make it out to a game. And if I'm going to, I'm probably going to pick one of these promotional nights, get the t-shirt, get the cheap stuff out at the arena, uh, hopefully watch Wimby out there. So yeah, that, that, those pretty much any of those nights sound good to me. Yeah, well, you're always welcome to come on a weekend, man. So if you come out here on a weekend <laughs> and, you know, I have the tickets available, maybe if I can't go, I'll give them to you. I'll let you know. I'll have to take you up on that offer. Yeah. You'll love to so see if I it. can't make it to a game, I was like, hey, Noah, you want to come to San Antonio? <laughs> I'll make the drive. I'll make or the 50 minute plane ride. I don't know if that's worth it, but I'll at least make the drive. Yeah. What about you, Ben? You excited about any of the promotional nights? Yeah, I think the the I thirty five series is actually going to be interesting. I'm pretty sure it's called the I thirty five because it's going to be at the Moody Center in Austin. Yeah. Um. So, the, I think the the games, the two opponents they chose are actually pretty good. I mean, Denver reigning reigning champions. Um, Brooklyn might be a really weird looking team this year, but I think it'll be a fun game. So I think That's those a Sunday two, game too. Yeah, so I mean, you know, nice little maybe matinee game, but um, those two kind of stuck out to me. I thought those were interesting. Um, actually, one thing I noticed was so they have MLK Junior Night on the thirteenth, which is not actually MLK Day. MLK Day is the fifteenth, and they're actually playing the Hawks that day for that yeah. game. Yeah, I'm actually going to try and get to that game since I'm here in Atlanta. I think that's an early oh. game too. It is. It's like it's like a mid afternoon game. It's like a two or two thirty something like yeah. that. Those are always uh, early games when they play on MLK Day, or, or yeah. Year. yeah. So that that would be a good one for you to go to. I mean, you'd yeah, be, that'd be amazing. I'd you go, to go and see the Spurs, and then you can go and get you a a nice steak like Jeff Garcia. You know, we always make fun <laughs> of him. We call him money bags because he had a, a steak delivered from Uber Eats, and it came <laughs> on a silver platter. I'm like, oh, excuse oh, me. Use me. That's what we said. We started making fun of him. That's how he got that nickname. Yeah. So you have the rest of the day to go ahead and enjoy some some food or, you know, take in a movie or something, man. Might get my cheapy food at the arena and make it oh, real man. easy now. Do they have good food there? I hear they do. 
They do. So they have they have a bunch of local um, restaurants and stuff that they have in the arena, but um, like Arthur Blank and and the I mean Arthur Blank owns the Falcons, but he and um, he has some partners who who own the Hawks. Uh, Steve Coonan, um, they've basically made a vow to make you know eating at their arenas much more affordable. It's like you're already you know they figured. We don't want a family of four coming to this arena, spending all this money on a ticket and then not being able to eat here. We need to make it affordable. So they've kind of subsidized the prices for like your regular concessions, the the specialized ones, like if you get a Fox Bros barbecue or if you, you know, if you get one of the, uh, like a Chick-fil-A or whatever, like those are going to be normal prices for those restaurants or whatever, but like the regular concession stands that, you know, the Hawks offer, like those are drastically reduced prices. Like I can get chicken tenders, fries, and a drink for less than $15. Oh, man. Spurs need to do the That's same over here, man. We can't buy nothing no. for 15 <laughs> bucks, dude. I mean, if I go, I don't even go to like the regular uh, food that they have in the concourse there. I go and my, my go-to place is either going to be Burgoteca or La Gloria. That's where I'm hanging out because they also have the nice, nice bar that's right behind mm. there where you can drink and you can just take a look at the game at the same time. It's nice and open. They have a little seating area. That's my go-to spot. That's where I'm going to get something to eat because I like the food at La Gloria. You know, the quesadilla is to die for, man. It's always on point. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. And then I went and got a, an order. I think it was a, a fries. I, th- I forgot what it was. I don't know if it was brisket fries or something. Um, yeah, my That's boy Jonas Clark made made short work of that, man. I went to the bathroom sure came back and I was like, bro, yeah, you're I- hungry. <laughs> <laughs> But it's all good. He brought me a beer, so I was forgiven. But there yeah, they first need to do something like that. Speaking of, you know, going ahead and bringing prices down, the Spurs did something for the fan base here, which is a good segue here. They went ahead and brought back the silver and black scrimmage, which is something that I had been, you know, uh, excited about in years past, and it's kind of been missing over the last what I think two seasons or so. So this is a game. That's important for the community because now with Wembeyama, uh, you know, being the man here in San Antonio, ticket prices are going sky high for games. So it's like the Spurs are inadvertently pricing out the Raza, which I say is the true diehard fans that you're going to see buying the merchandise and really supporting the team and have been there for many years, you know. Um, and, you know, this is their their time where they go and they bring their families to a game and the silver and black scrimmage might be the only game that they bring their families to because it's a high ticket price, you know, and then you have a family of five, for example, trying to come and watch a game and you have to buy tickets for everybody and food and pay for parking. I mean, it gets a little bit of, you know, pricey. If I'm going with just one other person, I'm easily going to spend maybe a bill or more by the time the night's over, you know, maybe two, if I'm going to have some, some libations, you know, have a, a drink or two, <laughs> You know, or a little poor, you know, so it's like I'm not going there just to sit down and just watch a game. And neither are these families. But having the silver and black scrimmage return to San Antonio to be able to showcase some of the younger talent and having it not it's free. Yes. But since the demand is going to be so high, the Spurs are going to do a lottery system where the fans have to actually put their name in the hat and then they're going to be notified if they go ahead and win. And I believe they're going to be giving them like, I think, two tickets or four tickets for each person who wins. And, you know, we'll see how that, how that plays out. But 
again, it's great that the Spurs are doing this once again for the community. And they're also going to have affordable uh, food options. They're going to have lower, they're going to lower the price on some of the, you know, the fanfare stuff, the hot dogs, nachos, that kind of thing. They're going to have $2 drinks, $2 beers. And of course, they're going to give you the tiny little beers, but it's $2, man. You'd be all right. Yeah, you know, you could get up and go get a beer. But either way, it's still fun to have this event come back to San Antonio. So now, the, you know, the, the regular everyday fan will be able to go in there and hopefully see Wembeyama, you know, be out there on the court, you know, see Jeremy Sohan. And it seems like the fans, they like that, too, because they start getting really interactive with the fan base and they go around the concourse there or around the floor, should I say, and they start taking pictures. Sometimes they sign autographs. They say hi to the kids and all that. And it's a good experience overall. So I was really happy uh, that the Spurs brought back the silver and black scrimmage. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Ben? We'll start with you. No, it's great. It's it's community building really is what it is. I mean, they're not going to give you anything in the scrimmage that they want to show anybody, you know, as far as plays and um it's fun and, and like serious play. It's it's yeah. a scrimmage. It's a glorified scrimmage. Um, but like you said, great opportunity for the players to be more, become more familiar with, uh, with the fans, fans to become more familiar with the players. Uh, you know, that's a win-win. It's an, it's an easy win-win as well, especially if they're going to be out there and kind of promoting, Hey, by the way, we're going to be building this awesome new arena downtown, like get excited about it, you know? Yeah, no doubt, man. What about you, uh, Noah? I mean, I know. You've probably been to a silver and black scrimmage maybe once or twice. I mean, what do you think about the Spurs bringing that back for the fans? Yeah, I'd been to one when I was a kid with my parents, and I think they're really great. Like, it is an opportunity for people who maybe, you know, can't afford to go to games because games can get really expensive, especially when you have those, you know, Tim Duncans or Wimbenyamas at the face of your franchise and you're competing for something and you're good and people want to be there. It gives them a chance to get in the doors. I think it's $2 beers. One dollar uh, sodas. I think you get fifteen percent off at the fans shop inside of the arena. I think that's really cool, and I think it's really cool because the people who aren't able to make it out, they're also doing trivia. They're doing merchandise giveaways. They're also giving you access an hour early to watch the practice for the scrimmage. So I think they're trying to get everybody involved, whether or not you know you're going to be able to get in the doors because it is free. But like Joe was saying, it's a lottery system, so. It's kind of a crapshoot. Are, are you going to get in? Maybe. I mean, there's probably thousands and thousands and thousands of fans who want to go, and they just don't have the capacity to bring everybody in there. So even if you can't get in the doors, there's going to be something for you. So I think that's really special. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And for those who can go, uh, I think it's a, a fun experience. Anytime you get to go and see the players up close and personal like that, I mean, you can't beat that. It's 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 awesome. Yeah, and they're, they're loose themselves, the players. They're just out there having fun. They're playing a lot of music that – is very popular. You know, they're not playing kind of like a lot of the oldies, you know, it, it's a fun <laughs> environment to be in, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like listening to some of these classic rock tunes and some of the music uh, from the eighties and nineties, but come on now, we're in, we're in a modern era. And when you're with a younger <laughs> crowd out there, you got to play something that, that appeals to the people, you know? So they try to play a good mix of stuff, but usually it's tailored towards the younger crowd and everybody's out there. The players are dancing, having a good time. Spurs Coyotes all over the place, really interacting with a lot of the fans, creating memories. And I think that's one of the biggest uh, takeaways from this is that the silver and black scrimmage, while it is a scrimmage, it's creating those memories and, and you know, really fostering that in the next generation of Spurs fan. 
especially the kids. I think this means a lot to them because this could be their first introduction to what it's like to be in an arena, you know, and having that interaction with the players or even with the coyote. I mean, those are core memories that are being built. So it's, it's cool to me to see the reaction of the kids, you know, and how excited they are. So I'm probably going to wind up taking my niece because she's never been to either a Spurs or even a silver and black scrimmage. And she's like maybe 10 years old. And I asked her, Evelyn, would you like to go to a game with me? And she's like, I'd love to. She was all excited. So (laughs) I know when I take her, I'm going to wind up getting her her first jersey. You know, so I don't know which one I'm going to get yet. I'm going to kind of let her get a feel for it, look at the players, you know, and see which one she's like, oh, I like this player. I like that player. And I'll be like, all right, before we go, we're going to go get you your name on a jersey or something, you know, or get your play the player's name on the back of the jersey. So that's going to be fun to hang out there with my little niece. That girl drives me wild, man. She has so much <laughs> energy. Like, I, I, I don't want little kids anymore. Like, I'll borrow, <laughs> and then I'll go drop off, and I'm like, bro, I need a nap, man. These This girl wore me out, you know? <laughs> it's like, how can those kids, like, have that much energy, man? It's, like, beyond me. I can't even imagine having, like, three or four now, you know, as I'm getting older. I can't do it, man. I ain't got the energy to match these young ones no more. <laughs> I can't imagine having one. Like, that's <laughs> Ooh, bro, <laughs> one too many. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they have a lot of energy. I'll put it like that. But one of the things that I wanted to go ahead and bring up here as, you know, we start bringing this show to a close, what are your thoughts on the upcoming season? Because I know that everybody always wants to speculate, oh, what's going to be there? Their overall record and, and who's going to be the standout player and who's going to have a breakout season and Beyond all that, I mean, we've all talked about it before. What are your thoughts on just the upcoming season itself? Like for me, for example, I don't really care what happens either way. I'm just excited to go ahead and see this team go out there and, and compete and see what they're they're made of, you know, especially with Wembyama being on the team now. I don't really have really high expectations or, or if they don't do this or that, it's a failure. I'm just going to enjoy the ride. I've never been a season ticket holder going in there and being able to enjoy the team at the very beginning of this run, to me, that's a special thing, you know, and I'm just going to enjoy the season for what it is, you know, whether they win or lose, I'm just going to go out there and have fun. That's just my perspective. But what is your perspective, Noah? What are, what are you feeling? I mean, what are your, your thoughts on the upcoming season? Yeah, I don't really have any expectations. And I kind of think this is the perfect place to start being a fan, or if you're already a fan, it's, perfect for you to continue being a fan because it's really frustrating when you're in that lottery, you know, area, you don't have the face of your franchise and you're like, what are we doing? You know, what is this team doing? They need to lose more. They need to win more. They need to go in for the play in. they need to trade for this and that. And then it's also, you know, kind of a tough time when you're good enough to compete for titles where you're like, Oh, they shouldn't have lost in the playoffs or oh, they should have gone further. Or, oh, they could have been a higher seat right now is a perfect time to be a fan. No expectations. You're along for the ride. You got the face of the franchise. Who's, probably the best basketball prospect we've seen in decades and decades and decades. Like just enjoy the ride. And I think that's my, you know, mindset heading into this season is whatever happens, happens. I just want to see these young guys play basketball. Let's see what these veteran additions can bring to the table for the Spurs. And, you know, if they, they sneak into the plan, great. Uh, You know, if they are back in the lottery, oh, well, they're going to stack up on more talent. Like, it's a perfect time to be a, a Spurs fan right now. And I'm, I'm really, really excited to see, you know, what they do, win or lose. Yeah, that, you know, I kind of feel the same way. What about you, Ben? You're not looking at this from a perspective of, hey, I'm a member of the media or, uh, you know, 
I'm this Spurs analyst, just from a fan perspective. I mean, how are you feeling about the season? Oh, you got to feel pretty great. I mean, like Noah said, you have the face of your franchise now. You can go in a number of different ways. Um, if you're, you know, if you're the Spurs and you don't win a whole lot of games and you end up in the lottery again, it's not the worst thing that happens to you. Again, like Noah said, you get more talent on your team. Yeah. And then you can start building some expectations. But you really have to see how this team plays around Wembenyama. You have to see how Wembenyama plays at all. Um, you know, playing an international game is going to be a bit different from playing the NBA game. Um, the wear and tear is probably going to be a bit more. He's playing a lot more games and a lot more nights. Um, but I, I hope and I think he's ready for it. I'm excited to watch this team play. I I have a sneaking suspicion that there's going to be some sort of trade midseason. Um, I, I wouldn't say a big one, but I have a feeling that Keldon Johnson might not be long for the San Antonio Spurs, um, especially if he plays well to start the season and he becomes a really valuable asset and the Spurs can get something in return, namely more picks because I'm sure they'd love to use those picks and turn around and, you know, make them into a higher pick somewhere down the road. But um, yeah, like they're in a great spot. I mean, I think this is the year they have the Hawks. They have the opportunity to switch with the Hawks in the draft, if I'm not mistaken, um, where they have one of the Hawks picks. The Hawks gave up a lot of picks is the point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's going to be a good year, whether they win or lose, it's going to be fun. There's a lot of, like they just released, there's a lot of fan promotional nights. And um, I'm I'm actually really curious about how the in-season tournament goes and what that does for teams as far as, you know, does, does that make them more excited to play? Does that add more to their schedule that they don't care about? You know, how do they, how are they going to feel about it? Um, and I wonder if there are going to be as strong reactions as there were when they tried to introduce that new basketball. Oh, my um, goodness. I think it was mid-2000s. <laughs> so. Yeah. I remember Steve Nash absolutely trashed that ball. And I was like, oh, we have to listen to Steve Nash. He's the best ball handler in the league. So I'm curious if there's anything as strong as that. But, yeah, it should be a fun season. I think what should happen with these in-season tournaments is maybe the teams that actually win, you have, let's say, you lock in the opportunity to be either in the playoffs as far as, like, uh, get the opportunity to be in a playoff game as far as like maybe you have to play somebody who's already in front of you in the tourney, you know, as far as the that goes, you know, when you're the outside looking in and you're playing the playing games, you know, if you want to get in, maybe you have to go and play one of the lower seeds for that opportunity. You know, hey, we're going to give you a chance. We're going to give you a shot, you know, to get in here because you won. Your team won the whole damn thing. Or maybe it should be as far as you get some type of privilege as far as the seating goes, you know. It shouldn't mean something. I think the same thing could be said, like, for the All-Star game. The team that wins, maybe that will get your conference home court advantage, something of that nature, you know. But we'll see what happens. I mean, the NBA, I think, are doing it as a money grab. It's nothing more than they're doing this for ratings early on in the season. Because, I mean, it's all about the money. And that's basically what the teams are, are vying for at this point. If you play and you continue to win, well, hey, you get more money, you know. So who doesn't like money? But at the end of the day, who's getting that money? Is it going to the owners or is it going to the players? I mean, how does it all work? We don't know. I don't care. I'm just saying it's it's just a money grab on all facets of the game, whether you're coming in from the you know perspective of 
selling, trying to sell, you know, advertising slots, ratings for your respective channels that are going to be carrying it like ESPN, NBA TV, you know, so eh, it is what it is, but we'll see if it, if, if it works out. Well, the only way we're going to find out is by the ratings. And I'm sure the NBA, especially the commissioner is going to be like, what are the ratings at? Give me the numbers. Give me the numbers. <laughs> you know, that's what's going to drive them to either continue to do this or not. But as far as the upcoming Spurs season, I think we're all in agreement. We're just here to go ahead and enjoy the season for what it is. Really don't have any expectations. I'm excited to watch the Spurs play this season. I can't say that I have been this excited in years past, but this year is different because we have Wemby, you know? So I'm excited, man, to see what happens. But as we're going to go ahead and close this uh, episode out for this uh, resurgence of the Two Shots podcast, you know, coming back after a long hiatus. The Spurs practice facility is really shaping up. It's looking really beautiful inside. They're really putting the finishing touches on the court and whatnot. And of course they have to because we have media day that's going to be coming up here shortly. So they want it to look really nice when they bring all the members of the media in there to take pictures and, you know, go ahead and talk with the players and whatnot. And I know you guys have seen, you know, videos and pictures of it. Uh, what are you thinking about the Spurs practice facility real quick here, Ben? It's about time. All these other, you know, all these other teams have been doing stuff like this for a while. Um, I mean, the Orlando Magic, when they built their new arena, they put their practice facility inside their arena. They have everything there. The players only have to go to one place and everything can be done. They, you know, they have their PT room. They have the athletic training room, you know, locker rooms, all that stuff, the practice courts. And, you know, the first couple of years when it was in existence, they were using it for the Orlando Summer League back when they still had it. And it was great. Um, so it's nice to see the Spurs finally kind of understanding that they need to do that. So I'm, I'm hoping it turns out really nice. I'm hoping the players really like it because again, that's just, that's just another selling point for free agents at some point down the road. Yeah. What about you, Noah? We'll go ahead and get your thoughts real quick on the Spurs practice facility. What do you think about it? No, I think I'm, I'm going to say the same exact thing that Ben said, really, there's not much else to add there. I think it's really cool to have, that facility for the players, obviously, like it is a selling point for free agents. It's a selling point to the players who are on your team who you want them to stay here. But I think it's also really big for the fans. Like there's going to be, you know, a, a medical center there for for like normal people that are not like elite athletes. And there's also going to be a lot of retail. Like there's going to be restaurants. There's going to be stores. Like that kind of team campus, if you will. Like we've seen team. like I live in Dallas. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks have something of that effect by their arena where there's a ton of you know, team centric restaurants and places to shop. And like, even the Cowboys, like you look at the Cowboys, they have the, you know, star and Frisco. If you can have that for the Spurs, I think you're putting yourself ahead of the game. And the Spurs have been known as innovators on the court for a long time. And I think getting coming into that, you know, modern age, as far as what you're doing off of the court, I think that's huge for the team too. So really excited to see how that comes together. I'm really excited to set foot in there for the first time. I'm not sure when I'm going to be able to do that because uh, I have a wedding coming up here soon, but I am excited to see it eventually. It is going to be really cool. It looks nice from all the sneak pre uh, you know, previews we've got. Yeah. I'm really excited about the wedding too. You know, I'm going to be out there <laughs> with you celebrating, watching you go ahead and make that next leap in, in your life. So that's going to be very special. Uh, but yeah, the Spurs practice facility, that's a, a good thing for the community and for the players. And we look forward to seeing its completion. Probably probably in about another, what, year? I think it's about a year away from being fully complete. But they're also going to have like a park as well. 
and probably a, a like a like a facility where they can have viewing parties for the for the fans. I believe when the Spurs go into the playoffs, maybe somewhere in the near future, that would be a lot of fun. You know, to be able to go to that facility, then project the game maybe on the side of the building or something. I mean, that would be really special for the for the community. But we're going to go ahead and bring this episode to a close. And as we do, Noah, where, the, where can they follow you on social media? And you want to let us know about anything you have coming up? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. Or actually, I, I guess it's called X now. Uh, you can follow me on X in underscore Magara. God, that sounds so weird. Uh, you can also find me on Air Alamo. We're going to hopefully start up the Alamo City Limits podcast here pretty soon at the start of the season. So you can find me there pretty much wherever you find your podcast. But aside from that, just appreciate you bringing me on here to talk Spurs. It's nice to kind of shake off a little bit of the rust. It's been a while since <laughs> I talked about the Spurs. So thank you, Joe. Uh, and it was also a pleasure talking with Ben too. Like he, he's a great dude. So I'm glad we got to talk uh, about Spurs with you too, Ben. Yeah, thanks. You know, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. And yeah, man, where can they follow you on social media? Don't follow me anywhere. I'll probably lead you to a terrible place. <laughs> no, um... <laughs> Uh, on Twitter, I refuse to call it X. I'm sorry, I refuse. <laughs> um, it's it's still Twitter in my heart. Um, at the underscore Boomstein. Um, and I'm still writing at projectspurs.com. I'm going to be hanging with Joe on some two shots, on some Alamo City stuff. So I'm going to kind of be a little bit everywhere. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. And like the echo of the sentiment, Always fun talking with you guys. Really enjoyed my time here. Um, love it when Noah and I can come together. We don't get to hang out too often, so when we do, it's always a good time. Yeah, it's always a good time to have all of you guys here with me as well. So that's about all the time we have for today's episode of the Two Shots Podcast. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, be kind. We're out. Peace. Peace.